0: Welcome to another episode of Pit Lane Parlay. I am your host, Mike Trocum. Frenchie is here. As always, thank you to our friends at Java House here in Indianapolis for their continued support. Five locations around the city. I will be recording an episode from one of their locations in November, and if you can't get to a local location, go to javahouse.com and use promo code PITLANE10, save 10% off all of your orders, and thank you to everybody for their support. And yep, Java House. Uh, yep, yep. So <laughs> that's all right. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna roll with that one. So I don't know. I don't really have a non-racing type question to start the episode this week because I'm truly exhausted. And. So let's just dive right into what news we have. I'll start with one, and then if you want to, if you got other stuff, the Road to Indy is no longer named the Road to Indy. It is now USF Pro two thousand, USF two thousand, and then USF Juniors is all owned by Anderson Promotions. So we kind of saw this coming in a way, but at the same time it feels wrong and i don't know how else to describe it other than that but what are your thoughts
1: i think disconnecting it from the indie name just makes it for those who already don't watch and who don't understand the ladder system even more confusing and these names are no less confusing than i already thought they were i mean wrote like yeah indy lights was always obvious but there was a while there that usf 2000 and indy pro 2000 when they changed the name from pro mazda i had trouble deciphering that and now we just switched it up again after what maybe three to five years or so yeah it wasn't like
0: long i mean they changed the name after this show started five years ago so yeah, it's... I don't know. It's Branding is hard. I know there are team owners out there that are like kind of frustrated with the, the current direction of everything. From what I've been told, IndyCar leadership said, you can't use Indy in the name anymore, which doesn't really make too much sense to me. It just creates a lot of confusion now. So... I will still probably refer to it as the road to Indy at least for another three to four years before I uh, before I, I realize it. But it is it is a little worrying, you know. Indy Lights is its kind of own thing now, and maybe that's okay. Maybe that's a way to get Indy Lights car counts high, and it brings in some new drivers to the series, and maybe that helps spur Indy car along. Further, although, you know, right now Linus Lundquist is the champion, might not even have a part time ride next year right now, which is just an absolute joke. So yeah, that's 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 super frustrating. But hey, before we continue on with IndyCar News, there was something I wanted to get your opinion on, and this kind of goes to the theme of race control and consistency that like I have harped on for many years. And we're going to step outside of IndyCar here for a minute and talk about NASCAR. So obviously, as everybody knows, Bubba Wallace got suspended for this weekend's race at Homestead for retaliating on Kyle Larson and kind of spinning him out, and also in the process spinning Christopher Bell out. And I wanted to, A, get your thought on, was the suspension warranted? And B, was it the right decision by NASCAR?
1: That's tough, because yeah. I'm definitely no NASCAR expert. Uh, I know that my reaction to it was that I thought a suspension was pretty harsh, but I don't know. There, I've been hearing you know a lot of people talk about the safety concern of what happened there, and it's true. I mean, we see NASCAR drivers kind of use the car against each other and bump each other, spin each other out, but the place that he did that was so high speed, and what we've seen with the... I don't know safety issues with the car this season with Kurt Busch having to retire and stuff like that. It's, I mean, it's kind of concerning. I get him reacting in the heat of the moment, so I'm not blaming him. And I don't think he, I don't think his intention was like, right. I'm trying to murder Kyle Larson. Like so everyone's painting him as like this super villain, but I think if it was anyone else who was less controversial, yeah, the reaction I think would not you, you
0: hit a good point there. Social media has been a little bit of a scary place this week, like scarier than 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 normal, but. I I mean, listen, Kyle Larson made a mistake making making it three wide there. And he was like, yeah, I screwed up. I made it three wide and then kind of shoved Bubba up high. I don't think the retaliation fit at all what, like, Kyle Larson did. You know, a little bump um, you know, going down the straight. Like, all right, fine. It is what it is. But that level of aggression was rough. And on one hand, like, yes, one race suspension, probably fine. I, I do agree with it that it was the right call. Parker Kligerman had a a TikTok where he showed the data that was actually like, okay, now now that I see that, like I can wrap my head around everything going on. At the same time, Noah Gregson intentionally wrecked Sage Karam and Xfinity earlier this year and got away with a $30,000 fine, and I think he lost like 30 owner's points or something like that. So there's just a lack of consistency in NASCAR in terms of setting a precedent, which obviously, you know, now, now they've changed it. So if they are going to continue down this, this path of, Hey, if you do something that egregious, you're going to get parked for a race. Okay. But if they're singling Bubba out, that starts, you know, that's, that's a dangerous path, but I don't know. I, long story short, I, I, think a one race suspension in this case was probably the right call.
1: I have a hypothesis also that this may be NASCAR leadership grasping for power just because I mean we've seen issues with the new car this season it's not going the way that they thought. They're getting a lot of criticism and flack for that and for not being quick enough to kind of change the issues, I mean tire issues, all this kind of stuff going on that you know, Denny Hamlin, among others, have been very vocally critical of NASCAR leadership. So maybe this is them just trying to, I don't know, sh- show that we're still in charge and it's not just like the Wild West that yeah, everyone kind of views mean, NASCAR that's, as.
0: Yeah, that's fair. I I don't have any. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with that. We'll, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. We won't go too deep in the woods on this one. But uh, what's next?
1: Uh, I guess let's start chronologically. I think the first thing we have to yeah. get to is that Sebring test that happened. A week ago? What was that? Like? Yeah. That was about over a week ago, a little over a week ago, yeah. So we saw five drivers, yeah. I believe, in that test. And we didn't know that Yuri Vips was going to be in we that Randall Letterman landing We did car, not publicly did know it. No. Is he yeah, yes. yes, yes racial? Sorry, Slur, I thought right? you were going to ask a it's different question. Yes, that was him. Okay. Uh I don't I mean, I don't see him going into IndyCar and, and replacing Jack Harvey no. or anything like that. Everyone's kind of speculating about Jack Harvey and whether he's safe or not just based on his performance last season. I don't know. I can't really speak to that. But I don't think that Yuri Vips is gonna be the replacement. I have my doubts on one.
0: well both of them. Harvey you know, I'm there, there's there's still plenty of time in the off season that if Ray is looking elsewhere, Harvey could be shown the door. I don't think that's, like, out of the realm of possibility in the slightest. But I also don't think Yuri Vips is the answer. He hasn't really been that impressive in F2. From all accounts, his test time, testing times were okay, but not, like, he wasn't you know, blowing the socks off of anybody in terms of how well he, he was doing. So I don't think there's too much to, to read into test times in general, but he didn't... I don't think it's going to be Yuri Vips.
1: No, I, I don't either. And what's interesting is Tom Blomquist topped the timesheets. And although, like you're saying, the testing times don't matter and everyone might get mad at us, you've been talking about them. We have heard from Meyer Shank that this wasn't just a reward for winning the IMSA championship. This was a real evaluation to see how he might do. I mean, he's been quoted as saying that. So. Maybe they're looking to the future after Elio potentially retires. It could be it could be cool to see Tom Blomqvist move over to IndyCar if he you know looks good enough to do so. Yeah, I, I think, think yeah you know, is obviously
0: forward. very close to retiring. Simon Pagano. really? I don't I don't think yeah, Elio fair. will ever retire. If I I, a, I feel like Simon Pagenaud is one of those guys that will not want to have like a really dismal you know P twenty standings in the season and retire. Like he'll want to go out. On his own terms, maybe before he gets to the, hey, we're going to stick you in sports cars now, so go away sort of thing. So, you know, maybe Pagino has a couple of years left, but I think Blomquist would be a good, a, a really good fit there. He seems like a hell of a driver, and from what I've heard, he's super smart, so
1: that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, his dad is an absolute legend. Stig Blomquist, rally champion, world rally champion, and just all-around pretty epic driver so it runs in the family but we also have jake dennis as we talked about and marcus armstrong uh in the dale coin racing with hmd car and we're hearing that i don't know things might look good for him converting uh from f2 over to indycar because things have obviously yeah. stalled out no. as they do for most uh european yeah that'd drivers, be cool i think marcus
0: is a good a good young driver and I think he would fit in very well on that on that team and especially you know if Sato comes back in some sort of oval only role or part-time role like it it kind of is sounding like that you know he would and Sato is not one that typically spends a lot of time mentoring guys but you know I I think both him and Malukas could still learn a lot from Sato. I think Malukas learned a lot from Sato just from being around the team this year.
1: Absolutely. And we saw our buddy, Augustine Canapino, who we have no idea what his prospects are for IndyCar or whatever at all. Um, he he kind of brought up the yeah. rear, but all the times are really close. Obviously, Sebring's a short track. So I don't know, just interesting to talk about that a little bit because there's not yeah. much else going on. Unfortunately, the only thing I, I can say is, and I think you told
0: me, like you and I were texting about it. Jake Dennis is not going to Andretti IndyCar. I think he's got a multi-year Formula E deal.
2: the outcome, and what it means for the championship. So for your regular hit of Formula One analysis, subscribe to the F1 Strategy Report wherever you get your favorite podcasts. The Strategy Report is a beer mogul podcast on the Evergreen Podcasts Network. My name's Michael Laminato, and I'll catch you after the checkered flag.
0: I'd be cool. I I hear nothing but good things about him, but I don't think that's going to happen. And Canapino, man, who knows? I... I, I don't really know what to expect on that, but yeah, let's let's just continue on.
1: All right, so I think the other news we got was: did we see? Yeah. We saw Daniel Frost also in the uh, Dale, Coyne and apparently HH he IndyCar was very impressive as well. It, I have no idea. Dale Coin said, like he's are. yeah like for day one, he was the
0: best day one, IndyCar test I've seen, which is saying a lot because he's always kind of. Wow. And I think he's a talented Indy lights driver. I think he's always just flown under the radar because there's always a Kyle Kirkwood or a Hunter McIlroy or a Linus Lundquist, et cetera, who's always in that number one car on the team. But, you know, on the eighty six car HMD roster this year, he might be you know, other than Rasmus Lynn, probably you know, one of their contenders i would say i would you know, cont- i don't know if contenders is the right word but you know what i mean you know one of those one of those top yeah. guys so i'm and, and to- i talked to him was a long beach i don't know it was a long time ago it was this year and i was very impressed talking to him so i think i don't know i i don't think it's gonna happen this year but i i think he you know maybe opened some eyes that weren't previously open so i think that's exactly what he needed to do in a test like this
1: yeah i mean especially coming from dale coin who's what i mean alex Plow got his first test with dale coin i mean we've just seen a lot of drivers get their first kind of yeah. drive in an indy car with dale coin so for him to say that uh is a pretty big deal do we want to talk about the Indy Lights announcements too? Like how many drivers we've got announcements it for in the last few days? Super quick, I'll, I'll do this one since you brought up the last
0: few. Let me let me just find my my list here. Here we go. Okay, so first off, Indy Lights has their annual Chris Griffiths Memorial Test. I do have a short, I don't know something something that caught my attention, and Steve Woodick probably knows more about why than me. So And I have not been able to talk to him about this yet, which is Friday. Usually, it's all weekend with all three series, but USF Pro 2000 and USF 2000 are now, I think they're Saturday and Sunday this weekend or next week or something like that. I I just know I won't be able to go, so I won't be at that test, but I will be at the Friday Indy Lights test. Notable additions, let's see here. Nikki Hayes is testing for Able Motorsports with... The Dennis Kid, Jack William Miller, Jamie Chadwick will be at the track on Friday as well, and then everybody else who's already signed up. But that being said, HMD now has a nine car roster because Force Indy, you know, which had Ernie Francis last year and Miles Rowe the year before, is going to focus more instead of fielding a team sponsoring and you know kind of getting drivers and personnel into other teams as kind of a I don't know I would call it a facilitator role more than you know strictly sponsoring but so they are the HMD slash Force Indie entry I'll run through this super quick the HMD roster is Josh Green, Nolan Siegel who did Laguna with them, Christian Bogle again, Daniel Frost that we just mentioned Christian Rasmussen moves over from Andretti, Kiffin Simpson, Rasmus Lind, who we talked about, Josh Pearson, and Ernie Francis. Andretti has Hunter McElroy confirmed for year two. Lewis Foster jumps up from Indy Pro 2000. That's the last time I can call it that. And Jagger Jones is running for Cape Motorsports. <laughs> I think he said he was going to run the 98 as a as an honor to his grandfather, yep. Parnelli Jones. Abel Motorsports has two cars. You can Andretti has two open. Abel, you assume one of them is going to be Jacob Abel. Yunkos has two. I know, crazy. Whoa. Bold prediction. Yunkos has Bold two prediction. entries, potential of two entries. And Legacy Autosport has a question mark for, it's open right now, but two potential entries. So, a lot going on there. I guess the other thing, Miles, Ro, Miles Rowe is jumping up to USF, USF Pro. God damn, that's gonna be a tough one to get. USF Pro two thousand with Paps Racing next yeah. year. He'll definitely be one of the front runners, I believe, with Paps Racing next year. But anyway, real quick, my thought on the Chris Griffiths test, which is always been you know the, the entire road Indie this year, just Indie Lights. Okay, whatever. It's Friday. The test itself is nine to four. They've never limited media being at the track for this test weekend. And this year, so I'll be there, so we're recording Thursday, you're probably listening to this on Friday, so I'll probably be there from about 11 to 1, or 11 to 2, and that's the only opening for for media this year, so I just, I I don't really, like, I don't care one way or the other, I'm just curious as to why are they limiting it this year? Like, what's, is there something I'm missing? You know, there's no secrets, I know that. You can't and it doesn't sound like mounds are open, so you know fans can't come and watch, which I don't think they have been in the past for this test, but anyway, probably a very pointless rant that nobody cares about uh, I'm just wondering about, so let's move on
1: <laughs> I think we I don't know if there's that much else unless you have anything uh besides Marco is announced for the twenty twenty three I'm excited that he is back and
0: no. So it's Friday. Well, uh, well, it's Friday when this episode comes out. Tomorrow we'll have the F1 episode. Everything's a day later this week because of Frenchie and I's schedules. Uh, next week there will be no episodes because I have to travel for the other part of my podcast work. I get to go back to Vegas for the first time since the, since the incident the last time I was there.
1: <laughs> well maybe i'll record f1 we'll see if i can find yeah. a, a co-host but yeah i don't know so, let's not be certain if about you that. don't
0: hear anything next week that's why everybody have a lovely weekend of racing
1: get ready race fans because the ultimate nascar experience is about to hit the airwaves welcome to pit pass nascar the podcast that takes you deep into the heart-pounding world of nascar racing join us each week as we
0: bring you closer to the NASCAR action with exclusive interviews and all the news and rumors you need with your
1: favorite drivers, team members, and industry insiders. So whether you're a fan of super speedways, short ovals, or road racing, or you've just watched Talladega Nights, Pit Pass NASCAR is the podcast you've been waiting for. Get ready to fuel your passion for NASCAR like never before.
0: Subscribe now to Pit Pass NASCAR on your favorite podcast platform, or head to
1: evergreenpodcast.com and get ready to join us launching in the fall on evergreen podcast network follow us on social media at hitpass underscore nascar to stay up to date with everything you need to know about the podcast